speaking of basketball gold, I'm just going to assume that's what our next guest has been called throughout his entire prestigious media career, NBA on TNT, NBA TV, and to boot, just a really nice guy, the great Jared Greenberg on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Jared, welcome to the show. Bronze, bronze, not gold. Mm. Bronze is, is all I'm capable of. Basketball bronze kind of sounds I'm awesome. Basketball silver. <laughs> I got the basketball, at least you tried. Oh, okay. Yeah, participation trophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. It, it, it looks the same. It just yeah. says something different at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jared, a lot of panic in What's Cavs Nation. Uh, well, yeah. apparently the Cavs lost to the Celtics last night. That's kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Are the Cavs wasting a season on... Uh, well, I'll, t- I'll set it up, though. Uh, you I mean, set it up there, Mr. Okay, Cavs. Okay, all right. Jared, what's up, buddy? So Bye. my whole take to start the show has been that I feel like the Cavaliers this season are, are selling us a bill of goods that this is kind of like a trial year where they just got you know Donovan Mitchell, they've got Garland, they got this young core, but I feel like going into this season prior to the Mitchell trade... This was like a six-seed type of team. And once they got Mitchell, like my expectations went from like a six-seed to a, hey, maybe they could be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like They're that talented. And yet the team's kind of telling us, you know, hey, we got these young guys. They've never been to the playoffs. And I just feel like I don't want them to waste this year because they are talented enough. But just because they haven't been there, to me, it's not an excuse for them not to have expectations. No, I think I think that's fair. Um, I you know from, from a thirty thousand feet standpoint, I, I was a little um, pessimistic about the Cavs coming in just because they were so young and they needed to mesh. And when you insert a player like Donovan Mitchell who demands the ball and as many shots as he does, I thought it would take a little longer to gel. So to me, it was a massive surprise when they got off to the start that they got off to. Uh, that they were able to compete with some of these better teams on night in night out basis, um, you know we can get into it. But I think I think Kobe Altman's done an amazing job, a really unique job, which I don't understand why more teams don't do it, of blending young, inexperienced players with not just veterans but guys who have massive experience that are expected to play significant roles on this team. Um, so I like the roster composition, but like I. I'm sure we've talked about this in the past, guys. The NBA has proven time and time again, you need to go through a bunch of adversity. You need to go through a bunch of stuff that sucks before you find success. Uh, look, look at the, the Boston Celtics, right? For as consistently good and competitive as they have been over the last decade since trading away Garnett, Paul Pierce, uh, and that trio, uh, and getting rid of Rondo, like they still have maintained a certain level of success but have not been able to win at all. And I think the best thing that may have happened to the future of the Boston Celtics in the next three to five years is the fact that they lost in the finals last year because it proved to everyone they are good enough to be at that level, but they just needed one more time of, of a little adversity to finally get all their crap together. And while I'm not trying to tell you that the Cavs you know, shouldn't have an expectation to at least make it to the second round of the playoffs, I think that because of the fact that they've got such a long runway with this group, Donovan's under contract through 25-26. Garland's under contract through 26-27. Uh, Mobley is still on his rookie, rookie deal. Like you, Jared Allen has a long-term deal. 
you, you've got a core that's not going anywhere for a while. The world is not going to end if the Cavaliers don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. So I think that leads us to where we are because uh, I I think there there are scenarios I can draw up where I'll say it felt like you wasted a year, right? Um, some of that's on Donovan's future. Some of that's on how they perform in the playoffs. But like to this point, I just can't overreact to a Boston game and wonder if the sky is falling. No. So what no. should the bar? How, where do we set the bar this year, whether it's the regular season bar or the postseason bar for the Cavaliers' success? Yeah, and first of all, just to, to make a point about last night, like you've got to put it within the certain context of what last night was. You, you had a Celtics team who was just embarrassed by the Knicks um, the game before, right? Like they came in with a certain motivation of champions don't lose two in a row to teams that are trying to prove themselves uh, on a measuring bar that you currently hold, right? Like it, 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 last night does not – it's not a signature moment, good or bad, for, for, for the Cavaliers. And I think it just goes to prove how good the Celtics are. And I think it also shows the separation between the top tier of the East and the middle tier. And that's Milwaukee and Boston. And then there is Philadelphia, Cleveland, New York, right? Like, that's, that's, there's a clear distinction between those two. But in terms of the season, I think the Cavaliers, based on the year they've had, in order to take a step in the right direction that makes you feel really good about going into next season, again, assuming the entire team comes back, and who knows, Colby Altman's got tons of of chips to play this summer to to add a piece or two, Um, I think you have to get out of the first round of the playoffs, and then presumably you will be facing either Milwaukee or Boston in the second round, and that's okay if you can't beat them. Now, you don't want to get swept by those teams you want to prove that you can compete you know you lose that series in in six or seven games you should feel really good being a Cavs fan going into next year Jared Greenberg NBA on TNT NBA TV on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline so you're you're probably unless you kind of fall out of the 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 top uh, five or six here you're probably not going to face Milwaukee or Boston in the first round so right. your your most likely teams you're going to face the Knicks, the Nets, the Heat, maybe the Hawks if they get it together. Of those four teams, what are the teams the Cavs should really want to avoid in a first round series? That's an interesting one. Um, you know, I'm I'm still trying to get a, this this Nets team has been abysmal the last few games, and and the one thing I thought that they would be able to do with the Kyrie and KD trades, I thought they'd be able to defend like. Um, they throw five of the better individual defenders you're going to see on the court at the same time, and they are just been terrible. Um, the Knicks are interesting to me in that, like, I, I've i been totally surprised in a, in a good way by how they've performed this year. I didn't think they would be this good. I didn't think Jalen Brunson was this capable of of making that much of a difference in and outside of the locker room. I just don't know if the Knicks, the way they play and the way they're winning games, if you can say, ah, they're really going to scare somebody. The, the team that has to scare you, um, and, if, and, 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 and if I'm a fan of this team, I'm scared in, in both directions, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Because you just don't know who you're going to get night in, night out basis. Um, you know, Embiid, again, dealing with another injury in and out of the lineup the last week. Um, looks like he may play tonight, but we'll see. Um, and, and he's got a history of, of getting hurt in the, in, in the playoffs. The one thing I'm always encouraged about, guys, if, if, 
if Jared Allen has to go up against Joel Embiid, I am convinced the moment in time that made Jared Allen the player he is today was the series when he was on the Nets and he got his butt and his brain beat in by Joel Embiid in the first round of the playoffs a few years ago. To me, that signaled to him how much better he needed to be and how much stronger he needed to get. I would be excited if I'm a Cavs fan to see what Jared Allen could do in another opportunity head-to-head with Embiid in the playoffs. Jared, I'm going to bring you into another Donnie Brook we've been having here. This uh, one, this one's got this is a powder keg, so tread lightly, friend. Okay, so we we asked. Uh, well, Nick and I had this conversation on Monday. We asked Rick Buecher about it. He actually went a different direction than I or Nick. Um, so let me ask you: for the Cavaliers to be a championship caliber team, who has to be the better player, Evan Mobley or Donovan Mitchell or somebody else? Because Nick Nick took Mobley, I took Mitchell. I'm just oh, wait, you didn't have to no, editorialize it because he might like you more than okay, me. Okay, well, he does like me more than you. Ouch. <laughs> I don't I don't like either of you. Oh, that's um, fair. <laughs> that's bullcrap, Jared. Come on. <laughs> um, so I think in, in the career arc of a player, I think right now if you had to put a gun to my head, I would say Evan Mobley – has a higher potential ceiling than Donovan Mitchell at some point in his career. Let him finish. <laughs> I don't know that he's there this year, if that happens this year, if he's ready for that this year. Um, you know, the thing that, that, that scared me about Donovan Mitchell coming to the Cavaliers was his shot selection and playmaking decision-making with Utah. He, at least through the first part of the season, really seemed consciously be a smarter player on the court than he ever was at any time in Utah. And maybe, maybe you can argue that in terms of offensive firepower, he never had a guy like Garland on his team or options like, like Mobley and some of the different guys that they throw out there with him. Um, I would think this year, just because of the edge that the Cavs have in that front line over most teams they're going to face in the playoffs, I would, I would say Mobley would have to be the better player because you know you know what the basement is for Donovan Mitchell in a playoff series. You know you're getting, at worst, 25 points a game. Um, I, I, would need, I would need Evan Mobley to be the better player uh, if, if the Cavs are going to have a chance. Well, just so you know, Jared, Twitter agrees with you as we put a Twitter poll mm. up uh, earlier this wow. week. So, uh, Well, first off, it was 48%. Uh, who won? 48.1%. It was tied. It, it, it was, no, it was, it was tied. not tied. It was, it was 48.1% versus 48%. How, how, are, many bots, how many bots were involved in this voting process? Well, I don't know how many porn bots Nick has following him. All the porn bots. <laughs> All, All the porn bots. <laughs> I covet only the best. Uh, Jared, it's only one game. Sun's coming out of the West. <laughs> uh, good transition. I mean, it darn good. It was darn good, but... Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but Charlotte—they uh, stink. Um, yeah, they're fair. not good. Yeah, that's Nick a real lived thing. in Charlotte yeah. for four years. Yeah. <laughs> not not good, uh, especially without Lamelo Ball. Um, you know, I I am so I have no idea what's going to happen in the postseason. I, I just you know they should should Phoenix come out? Yeah, but you know there's what twenty games left. You have no idea of the twenty how many you're actually going to get with Booker, Durant, and Chris Paul. Um, and I, I just think there's this roll of the dice thing that's happening in the NBA now, which speaks to a larger issue of, 
of not just load management, but how, you know, science has taken over the, the world of professional basketball. And, and I think it's not for the better because there's absolutely zero data to back it up. And there's going to be a handful of teams that think they have a legitimate shot to win an NBA title this year that are going into the, the first round of the playoffs playing their first game on whatever, you know, April 18th or whatever it's going to be. And they literally have not seen a large enough sample size of who they are to truly have an identity. And I think it's a scary problem for a lot of franchises around the NBA. All right, we got to get to an old friend here in Cleveland. Uh, LeBron, he's got a boo-boo, another boo-boo. Feels yeah. like there's always something yeah. going on in L.A. How concerned yeah. should the Lakers be about their ability to compete over the next few years considering LeBron's fragility over the last couple of years and obviously uh, the, 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 uh, the China himself, Anthony Davis? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, if I'm a Laker fan, Anthony Davis would worry more than LeBron, uh, just because like LeBron has, and I'm not going to say like Anthony Davis doesn't have legitimate injuries, but, but like LeBron has the substantive injuries that we see, they keep him out for, uh, you know, a, a period of time. And then we move on from it. Um, Anthony Davis, it's constantly something is going on. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know if you guys saw, I had a report on TNT doing the Laker game on Tuesday night that the Lakers coaching staff expressed to me that not only do they expect Anthony Davis to play on Wednesday night in the second half of the back-to-back, they anticipated him playing, which would have been the first back-to-back he would have played in since uh, the first week of November. And especially without LeBron back, they figured he should be able to be up to that task. Now, even without him, they lost the game. But that, that to me, is a bigger issue. That Anthony Davis, at this point, with, with the weight of the world on his shoulders with that franchise, cannot compete in a back-to-back situation. Um, in terms of, of the, the worry of the Lakers, I mean, here's the number for you. Uh, ten teams in the West right now that are currently 4 through 13 battling, th- battling for seven spots, and they are all separated by five games in the loss column. That number shrinks if you go four through ten, which is just three games in the loss column. So I think that if I'm a Laker fan, it's not only where you have to climb, it's who you have to climb over. And the fact that you at the very – now listen, let's be clear about this report from LeBron today. They said, and I I reported this Tuesday night, it's a guess how long LeBron is going to be out. The update we got today is LeBron will be reassessed in three weeks. And as we know in the NBA, after not playing basketball for three weeks, nobody, particularly with a, a lower body, a foot injury, after that time gets reassessed and say, all right, I'm, the next night you're on the court. So at minimum, he's going to miss 11 games. And there is, after that three-week mark, only two weeks left in the regular season. Right? We are under five weeks left in the regular season. So I would be very skeptical. Now, I will say this. The Lakers are much more prepared for these situations post-trade deadline than they were pre-trade deadline, so that would give me a glimmer of hope. But if Anthony Davis cannot play in back-to-backs or cannot be the Superman that he was in November and December, then this team has no shot. So with that, if the Lakers were to try to do something uh, crazy this offseason, to try to restack the deck and maybe get a different superstar balance there. Who do you think has better trade value right now, LeBron James or Anthony Davis? That's an interesting one. It depends on what team he's going to, right? Like, is there a team that just just wants the marketability of LeBron James? Or is there a team that's looking at the 
uh, physical, tangible upside of Anthony Davis um, helping us win a championship like he did in 2020 for the Lakers. Um, because I don't think at this stage of his career, with the toll of 82 games plus four rounds of the playoffs, I don't think LeBron James can be the best player on a championship team. I think he needs a guy like we saw Anthony Davis back in 2020 in the bubble to be able to take the defense and offensive responsibility a little bit off of LeBron. That's not to say he can't be the second best player. And this has just to be clear, Cleveland, this has nothing to do about his career resume. It's just moving forward. Um, I, I would say Anthony Davis from a tangible basketball standpoint would probably get you back more in return than LeBron, unless it's a team who is so desperate to sell tickets and jerseys that they would give up their entire um, arena to, to get LeBron James in, in town. Follow this man on the Twitter machine at Jared S. Greenberg. Uh, Jared, we appreciate your time and the fact that you yeah. agreed with me because you are, in fact, well, correct. Well, he's a better of friend that. of mine. I mean, he agreed with me. <laughs> he agreed with me, so maybe not. Just saying. Jared, great stuff, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I just I need some beers next time we're in Cleveland. I got Howard. you, buddy. Mm. I uh, I will get you more beers. Thank you. I got Jared, all the beers. Uh, I will buy a bar. Jared Greenberg <laughs> on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.